Happy Sunday, brothers and sisters. My name is Ambassador Mandy Ogwajo Ogbe. This is Otakada Cyber Church uh, Ministries, where we are seeding the nations and God is transforming lives through the timeless truth um, in His Word. And today is Sunday, the 23rd of May, 2021. And Otakada content count is 2,220,312. Um, today is part 25 my five experiences for your application of how a prostate cancer patient was healed in six months plus God's call to personal repentance on five levels plus Smith Wigglesworth on God's call to unconditional surrender and healing of a woman after 12 months of persistent faith uh, before I go on, let us pray. Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you for your faithfulness and for your love and care. Thank you for the privilege to share your word. Lord God Almighty, even this moment I had myself behind the cross. I ask, Spirit of the living God, that you breathe life upon this uh, content, that to touch lives, that, Lord, the real essence of this message will be received. I send this word forth to the four winds of the earth, and I ask that it will come back with a testimony that the purpose for which it's been sent has been accomplished to your glory and to the shame of the enemy. Thank you, Lord God Almighty. I come against every limiting force, every limitation. I declare that every crooked path be made straight. I declare that every valley be raised and every um, everything that pertains to this message is received as intended in Jesus name. Amen. So dear friends, I welcome you to part 25 of Enough is Enough to Captivity of Satan and welcome to Freedom in Christ Jesus. I'd like to share one out of my many experiences of healing and deliverance testimonies we have received as a result of God's ministering touch on the hurting amongst us to strengthen your faith and my faith that God is still in the ministry of business of healing, deliverance, and restoration in our midst. Also, God's call to every one of us for personal repentance on five levels and the word my wife received in the course of this week concerning our prayers for God's intervention in and on affairs, on our affairs as a nation of believers in Christ. We will round up with Smith Wigglesworth's message on unconditional surrender in our work and work with the Lord and a need for patience and unwavering faith in tribulation from the experience of healing ministration to a woman with goiter on the neck that God healed only after 12 months after Smith's ministration and lessons for application for us. If you missed the last message of part 24 of the same series titled How to Speak to Storms of Life, and lessons from my encounter with Hawks on the Tower is right there on the website. You can uh, gain access to that or follow the link on this message. God's call to personal repentance on five levels. That's the first item that we're looking at. My wife and I and members of the prayer team were involved in the prayer chain in the last two Sundays and Saturdays concerning the matter of our nation and the need for repentance. When those issues come up, we are usually quick to point fingers at others and lose sight of our own flaws, which is a very wrong strategic response and positioning in the place of seeking God for speedy intervention. Our modern day Christians, 
Christian witnessing and stand is largely uh, centered or yeah centered on extreme focus on God's love even whilst evangelizing the lost to the exclusion of repentance and so the church is full of unrepentant Christians who think they are doing God a favor by coming to Mark register every Sunday or reading their Bible every day with completely wrong motives and so there are non-existent lasting fruit to God's credit our fruits do not remain in the midst of heated temptation that try our faith on a consistent basis. Our faith, okay, remember everyone will be salted by fire. Read Mark chapter 9 verse 49, account of Jesus Christ. We must preach the message of repentance because of the following people's example. The first one is John the Baptist. He preached. The message of repentance in matthew chapter 3 verse 1 to 2 amplify viable classic edition and i read in those days there appeared john the baptist preaching in the wilderness desert of judea and saying repent think differently change your mind regretting your sins and changing your conduct for the kingdom of heaven is at hand the second person that i bring to the witness stand today is jesus who preached the message of repentance in Matthew chapter 4, verse 17. From that time, Jesus began to preach, crying out, Repent, change your mind for the better, heartily amend your ways with abhorrence of your past sins, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The third witness are the disciples of Jesus Christ. The message of repentance before the Holy Spirit baptism. And I mark that in Mark chapter 6, verses 11 to 12. And if any community will not receive and accept and welcome you, and they refuse to listen to you, when you depart, shake off the dust that is on your feet for a testimony against them. Truly, I tell you, it will be more tolerable for Sodom and Gomorrah and of Judgment Day than for that town. So they went out and preached that, that men should repent that they should change their minds for the better and heartily amend their ways with abhorrence of their past sins. Number four, the disciples preached the message of repentance after the Holy Ghost baptism fell on them. And this was now a standing order till this day. And you can read the accounts in Acts chapter 2 verses 14 to 42. But I read Acts chapter 2 verse 37 to 41 for emphasis. Peter's words pierced their hearts. And they said to him and to the other apostles, Brothers, what should we do? Peter replied, Each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise is to you, to your children, and to those far away, all who have been called by the Lord our God. Then Peter continued preaching for a long time, strongly urging all his listeners, save yourselves from the crooked generation. Now those who believed what Peter said were baptized and added to the church that day about 3,000 in all. We can see from above that not one mention of the Gospel of John 3.16, uh, for God so loved the world that we parade every day when we engage sinners. The cry was to repent, 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 and then you will receive the Holy Ghost. So many converts that call themselves Christians are not filled with the Holy Ghost because they have not repented. They confess Christ as Lord and Savior, but no repentance. And because there is no repentance, no joy that salvation brings to every genuine Christian through the power of the indwelling Holy Spirit. 
We have watered down Christianity and brought in unrepentant converts. We wonder why the power of God is absent in our midst or why we do not have fruits of repentance in our midst. We must change our message with a focus on repentance and then add love to it because God is love. We must not do one without the other. So in the course of the week, my wife woke up and Zephaniah was bubbling up from within her spirit. Zephaniah is not a scripture she usually will go to for uh, study. So it was strange to her. She took the Bible and read chapters 1, 2, and 3. That was God's response to the cry to the churches to a place of absolute repentance. James 2, 10 to 26. To those who are called by God to absolute and total repentance. We can't have genuine repentance without unconditional surrender. I know if I included the whole of Zephaniah in this write-up, some of you will call that the message is long. But I know that if I tell any of you, us to, or any of you, any of you to read and I will give them a bar of gold, there will be no obstacles at all. So many of us approach God's word with disdain and put all our hearts to things that perish here and now to the detriment of the things of the spirit. No wonder we have a very, very weak spirit. Our spirit needs to be fed with God's word to become strong. If we don't feed the spirit with the word, the spirit becomes weak. And when storms of life come, we have nothing within to stand against the tide. I appeal to you by the message of God to go read Zephaniah chapters 1, 2, and 3, because when God speaks to one, he speaks to all. May the Lord bless you and, and bring you insight on insight as you do. But go hungry for God because God feeds hungry people, not lukewarm people, as in Revelation chapter 3, verse 16. So how do we repent on a personal level? Because it is the personal repentance that reverberates to every facet of society. It starts from us Christians, the repentant, uh, uh, repentant Christians. So five levels of re repentance repentances are these. Number one, repent to God between yourself and God. And ensure there is peace between you and God. Make him priority number one. Not your job, your business, your children, your money in the bank, or your secret cult. This fulfills the word. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, and your mind. Engage God in conversation because full, become full of Him. You do that by spending ample time in the Word and in prayer. It is those times, as you make it consistent, that He begins by the power of the Holy Spirit in you to speak to you in areas that need to be brought into alignment. You read Matthew chapter 22, verse 37. Number two, repent to God between yourselves and family members. Make sure there are no iota of resentments between you and any of your family members. Make Mark that in Mark chapter 12, verse 31, we have an account there. Now, if there is resentment, let it not be from you. Attempt all avenues of making peace with them. Romans chapter 12:18. Let them see Christ in you and not bitterness, rancor, and any kind of vice between you and any family member. Number three, repent to God between yourself and those within your neighborhood. This is still an application of Mark chapter 12, verse 31. Love others as yourself. Any neighbor includes people you meet in traffic 
on the road or anyone that comes in contact with you in the course of your day your co-workers your boss or any human being for that matter remember jesus story of who is my neighbor in luke chapter 10 verses 25 to 37 on the good samaritan if there's anything out of divine order fix it as a sign of repentance number four repent to god between yourself and other christian brothers and sisters in christ I did not just say those who attend the same church with you or your denomination. God does not recognize your local assembly. He recognizes those who name the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. If the person has confessed Christ, love, no resentment. If they are in error, pray for them. If they are in error, pray for them. For we know in part and prophesy in part, 1 Corinthians 13.9. When we meet Jesus, we will know whether our doctrine is right or wrong. Don't judge anyone before the time, 1 Corinthians 4.5. Uh, uh, doctrine, especially born out of human, uh, doctrine, especially born out of human tradition, has divided the body of believers in zillion of ways. And this is still going on. The scripture says, if a believer is caught in error or sin, you who are spiritual should restore such a one in humility and in the spirit of love and ensure you don't fall into error yourself. Read Galatians 6.1. Are you spiritual? Then why judge rather than restore? Find ways of restoring, but don't judge or put out of fellowship, especially if there is evidence of, if there are all evidences of true repentance. If no repentance, then pray for the person to come back to fellowship with the Father and with one another. In 1 John, you can read that account in 1 John chapter 1, verse 3 to 4. Let us stop this tearing one another apart. This is hindering the bringing in of the lost to the cross of Christ for redemption. Read John chapter 17, verse 21 to 23. Jesus prayed that we might be one. Number five, repent to God between yourselves and your nation and other nations of the world. Some of us can't stand anything that has to do with her, with our nation. Our thoughts, words, and corresponding actions portray disdain. God put the peoples and nations together, and God put you and me in the nation we are in right now for a reason and for a purpose. If you and I resist the nation God has put us into, we are resisting God's plan and purpose and ultimately resisting God. Uh, you read 1 Timothy chapter 2 and joins us, enjoins us to pray for those in authority. We should bind the contrary spirit in them and ask God to give them a heart of love to serve honestly. But if we have resentment, our prayers will bounce back on our heads. It cannot and will not work. Speak life to your nation and not death. Speak life and not darkness for you are of the light and not of darkness and a city set on a hill cannot be hidden let your light shine starting from your thoughts your words and your actions words and thoughts create your environment and your actions the more negative you are in thoughts and words the more of that environment you create around you can you imagine if every Christian in a nation begins to wish their nation well and pray for them without hatred and resentment? What impact that would make to the spiritual atmosphere of that nation? 
We pray for one, one hour and undo our prayers in just one thought or one word. Uh, you read Matthew chapter 4, verse 14 to 16. Now, if the nation is in darkness, you and I, Christians, are responsible. It means we have refused to shine and have covered our light. The more we cover it, the more we lose out in bringing God glory. Now, my five experiences for your application of how a prostate cancer patient was healed in a six months, uh, within the six months by the power of God. Now, concerning the matter of healing of the prostate cancer patient within six months in the course of our ministry, you and I must all realize that healing, deliverance, and restoration is a two-way traffic. Someone makes himself or herself available and the power of God flows from one person to the other. There's a path both sides play. Here are lessons for you and me and also to build up our faith for application in our context. Number one, find out what is wrong so that our prayer can be precise and focused. In James chapter 4, verse 3, we, we read that account where it says we should ask and not ask amiss. And Luke 18, 14, 41, uh, when Blam Bartimaeus came to Jesus and Jesus asked, what do you want me to do for you? You should not ask amiss. We got the person to run a test to find out what was wrong with him. After the test, it was confirmed that this is a prostate cancer incident at level 9.4. Our prayers became focused on those cancerous cells, rebuking them and causing them to die to the root, declaring wholeness and healing upon them, asking that new health cells replace the cancerous cells in Jesus' name. Jesus rebuked the fever in the mother-in-law of Peter in Luke chapter 4, verse 39. We rebuke prostate cancer in him. You must do the same to whatever is out of alignment to divine order concerning your health, your wealth, and your life. Don't wait for when you are overhooked. Start rebuking immediately when your faith is too strong and the case has not become extreme. Number two lesson that we learned from the prostate cancer case is we investigated everything that can cause this type this type of illness and advise the patient to stop or start what needed to be done. Diet had to change. Exercise regime had to be started. Food supplements had to be encouraged to boost immunity. You and I must do the same. We got others involved and did not keep this secret. We must never maintain secret any life-threatening illness or situation for that matter. Some people keep it a secret and when it becomes obvious, it is already too late. Not once was there an incident where people went to see Jesus in secret to be healed. At least we did not hear anyone call Jesus aside and say, heal me in secret. Public healing is humbling and makes us humble enough to ask for help. Hiding your problem is a mark of pride and God will resist the pri pri proud by resisting, sorry, by resisting the prayer. James chapter 4 verse 6, 1 Peter chapter 5 verses 5 to 6 gives some account there. Some have died because they want anonymity. You are, you are, wouldn't it become, when you die, wouldn't it become obvious? We have brought or bought into the church or brought into the church what happens in the outside world. What the hell? For this reason, so many are dying without the healing touch available in the body. What, we, what do we want to hide? 
When we die, it will be obvious we are dead and there wouldn't be any secrecy afterwards. In that secrecy, so many stomach their testimonies. Even when God intervenes, they are surprised why the sickness or calamity returns in full force because God, because glory was not given to the Lord for, by public witnessing or they continued in the lifestyle that brought about the sickness in the first place. You can read the account of Luke chapter 17, verse 11 to 19, for the story of the lepers that were cleansed and how Jesus responded to them, uh, those that didn't bother coming back. Number four, we sustained prayer every day for this patient. We kept rebuking and thanking God for healing even when the physical signs did not show. We kept the word on healing running. Most people who are sick don't have any word they are holding on to concerning their healing. If you don't have a word, the devil will give you plenty of negative words at those times. You need God's word on healing to counter the negative projections from the realm of wickedness to keep you bound without healing touch. Uh, you can read Psalm 102 verse 20. 107 verse 20 says, God sent his word and brought healing and deliverance. The vehicle through which God heals and delivers is in his word. No word, no healing. I repeat that. No word, no healing. Even if you get healed and delivered by another's faith, the sickness can still return because you have no word in you. Keep the word in 24-7. Avoid negativity at all costs. Number five of the lessons that we learn concerning this prostrate case is that the patient put his trust in God and not the physicians or the resources he had. The doctors asked for surgery. The patient refused rather than trusting God for healing. So many of us put our trust in gold and the physician. You read Job, Job said in Job chapter 31 verse 24 to 28, and I read, If I have put my confidence in gold and called fine gold my trust, if I have glutted because my wealth was great, and because my hand has secured so much, if I had looked at the sun when it shone, or the moon going in splendor, uh, you read more, and my heart became secretly enticed, and my hand threw a kiss from the, my mouth. That too would have been an iniquity calling for judgment, for I would have denied God above. Asa trusted in other people's help when uh, other people's help when he got into trouble, and also when he was ill, he did not seek God, and he died obviously before God's ordained time. And you can read that account here in Second Chronicles chapter sixteen, verse seven to thirteen. And I read, and at that time Hanani the seer came to Asa king of Judah. And said to him, Because you relied on the king of Syria, and not on the Lord your God, and the army of the king of Syria has escaped you, were not the Ethiopians and the Libyans a huge host with very many chariots and horsemen? Yet because you relied then on the Lord, he gave them into your hand. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth, to show himself strong in behalf of those whose hearts are blameless towards him. You have done foolishly in this. Therefore, from now on, you shall have wars. Then Asa was angry with his seer and put him in prison in the stocks, uh, for he was enraged with him because of this. Asa oppressed some of the people at the same time. The acts of Asa from first to last are written in the book of the kings of Judah and Israel. In the 39th year of his reign, Asa was diseased in his feet until his disease became very severe. Yet his disease, he, yet in his disease, he did not seek the Lord. 
but relied on the physicians. And Isa slept with his fathers, dying in the 41st year of his reign. God is overjoyed when we trust him and call upon him for help. And we have no backup plans or using him as a backup plan to something or someone else. May the Lord deliver us from ourselves in Jesus' name. Amen. As you key into these testimonies, I decree and I declare that you are healed, you are delivered, and you are restored in your spirits, in your soul, and your body in Jesus' name. And testimony shall abound concerning you as you apply these five principles to your life. Now, let's hear from Smith Wigglesworth on God's call to unconditional surrender and healing of a woman after 12 months of persistent faith in believing God in tribulation, patience, and experiences. We start with the last one. Now, let the Spirit cover you today so that you may be intensely earnest about the deep things of God. You should be so in the order of the Spirit that you may know this, that your will, your mind, and your heart may be so centered in God that He may lift you into the pavilion of splendor where you hear His voice, lift you to the place where the breath of the Almighty can send you to pray and send you to preach, the Spirit of the Lord being upon you. You are at God's banquet, a banquet at which you are never separated from Him, and He multiplies spiritual blessings and fruit in your life. It is a banquet where you have to increase with all in increasing, where God has, has for you riches beyond all things, not fleshly things, not carnal things, but spiritual manifestation, gifts, fruits of the Spirit, and beautiful beatitudes, the blessings of God always being upon you. 2 Corinthians 9, 10-11 Are you ready to enter into these, uh, this glorious place where you no longer live for yourself? God will take over your life and send you out to win thousands of people to Christ so that they also may enter into eternal grace. Interpretation of a message in tongues. The spirit moves and changes his operation, bringing the soul into the place of hunger and desire until the whole of the being cries out for the living God. Truly, the creature must be delivered from these present evil things. So God is operating through us by these meetings and letting us know that all flesh is grass. But he is bringing the spirit of revelation that we may know that this inheritance we are having is to endure forever and ever. For we belong to the new creation of God, clothed upon with the Spirit, made like unto him, because our whole hearts now are bringing forth what God has established. It is out of the fullness of the truth of the hidden heart that God flows forth his glory, his power, his might, and his revelation, and his power in association, and makes us one and says, you are mine. For our study, the Lord has led me to select the first chapter of James. This is a marvelous subject in itself. This is the master's subject, and he will be able to manage it. I'll have to give up if it were my subject, but seeing it is the Lord master's subject, I will begin. James, a bond servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes which are scattered abroad. Greetings, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. James chapter 1 verse 1 to 2, victorious in battle. No person is ever able to talk about victory over temptation unless he goes through it. And all the victories are won in battles. 
there are tens of thousands of people in Europe, America, and in other parts of the world who wear badges to show they have been in battle and rejoice in it. They would be ashamed to wear such badges if they had not been seen, been, been in battle. The battle is what gives them the right to wear the badge. It is those who have been in the flight, in the fight, who can tell, who can tell. It is those who have been tried in the utmost who can come out and tell you a story about it. It was only James and Peter and Paul, those who were in the front lines of the battle, who told us how we have to rejoice in our trials because wonderful blessings will come out of them. It is in the trials that we have we are made. Tribulations, patience, and experiences. You want a spiritual experience, do you? Repeat this scripture passage. It will give you an experience. I know nothing like it. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace, wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only so, but we glory in tribulation also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience and patience experience. And out of the experiences we tell what is being done in our lives. Do you want to have a big story to tell? Well, it is here. Count it all joy. James chapter 1 verse 2. In the midst of temptations, when the trial is severe, when you think that no one is being tried as much as you, when you feel as if some strange thing has happened, so that you are altogether in a new order, when the trial is so hard, you cannot sleep and you do not know what to do. Count it all joy. God has something in it, something of a divine nature. You are in a good place when you do not know what to do. After Abraham was tried, he could offer Isaac, but not before he was tried. God put him through all kinds of tests. For 25 years, he was tested and he was called the father of the faithful. See Romans chapter 4 verse 9 to 16. Because he would not give in, we have blessings today because one man dared to believe in God for 25 years without budging, living in faith for 12 months. A woman came up to me in a meeting one day and said, I have come for you to heal me. Can you see this big goiter? I can hardly see anything else, I answered. She had told her father and mother and the rest of her family members she came that she believed she was going to be healed because Wigglesworth was going to pray for her. As soon as she was prayed for, we had a testimony meeting. Her testimony was wonderful. Oh, she said, I thank God because he has perfectly healed me. She went home and they were all glad to hear what she said. When I was prayed for, I was perfectly healed, she has exultantly exclaimed. For 12 months, she went everywhere among the assemblies, telling how God had healed her. After those 12 months, I returned to the same place to hold meetings. And she came again, filled with joy. When she came in, the people said, look who is here. Oh, look how big that goiter is. They were all staring at her. After a while, we had a testimony meeting. 12 months ago, she said, I was prayed for here and I was marvelously healed. I have had 12 months of the most wonderful time on the earth because God so wonderfully healed me 12 months ago. After the meeting, she went home. 
When she got there, she said to her mother, Oh, if you had been there and seen the people, how they were moved when they heard me tell how God healed me. Look, the mother said, you don't know. You don't seem to know. But the people are believing are believing there is something wrong with your mind. And they believe the entire family is affected by it as well. You are bringing disgrace upon the whole family. It is shameful. We are disgusted with you. The whole thing is being rolled onto us because you are not right in the head. Why don't you go look in the mirror and you will see that the thing has not moved at all. She went to her room and prayed, Lord, I do not want to look in the mirror. I believe you have done it. But let all the people know that you have done it. Let them all know that you have done it. Just the same as you have let me know it. The next morning, she came down, says, as perfect as anybody could be. And the family knew that the Lord has done it. More precious than gold. Some of you wonder what is up when you are not healed in a moment. God never breaks his promise. The trial of your faith is much more precious than gold. First Peter chapter 1, verse 7. God has you on, his, on this earth for the purpose of bringing out his character in you. He wants to destroy the power of the devil. He wants to move you so that in the face of difficulties and hardship, you will praise the Lord. Count it all joy. James chapter 1 verse 2. You have to take a leap today. You have to leap into the promises. You have to believe that God never fails you. You have to believe it. It is it is impossible for God to break his word. He is from everlasting to everlasting. Psalm 90 verse 2. Forever and ever, not for a day. He keepeth his promise forever. To all who believe, to all who obey, he keepeth his promises forever. There is no variableness with God. There is no shadow of turning. James chapter 1.17. He is the same. He manifests his divine glory. Jesus said to Mary and Martha, If you will believe, you will see the glory of God. John chapter 11 verse 40. We must understand that there will be th times of testing, but they are only to make us more like the Master. He was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Hebrews chapter 4.15. He endured all things. He is our example. Oh, that God will place us in an earnest intent position in which flesh and blood have to yield to the Spirit of God. We will go forward. We will not be moved by our feelings. Suppose that a man who is prayed for today gets a blessing, but tomorrow he begins murmuring because he does not uh, feel exactly as he ought to feel. What is he doing? He is replacing the word of God with his feelings. What an awful disgrace it is for you to replace the word of God with your feelings. Let God have his perfect work. My brethren, count it all joy. James chapter 1 verse 2. This does not mean count a bit of it as joy, but count it all joy. It doesn't matter from what source the trial comes, whether it is your business or your home or what. Count it all joy. Why? Because we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose, Romans 8.28. That's a great scripture. It means that you have a special position. God is electrifying the very position that you hold so that the devil will see that you have a godly character and he will have to say 
about you what he said about Job. Recall the scene. God asked Satan, what is your opinion about Job? Then the Lord went on and said, don't you think he is wonderful? Don't you think he is the most excellent man in all the earth? Satan replied, yes, but you know you are keeping him. Praise the Lord. I'm glad the devil has to tell the truth. And don't you know that God can keep you also? If you touch everything he has, the devil said, he will cause you to your face. God answered, you can touch all he has, but you cannot touch him. In Job chapter 1 verse 8 to 12. The scripture says that Jesus was dead, but is alive again and has power over death and hell. To these, the scripture adds a big amen, Revelation chapter 1 verse 18. The devil cannot take your life unless the Lord allows it. You cannot touch Job's life, God told Satan. Uh, see Job chapter 2 verse 6. Satan thought he could destroy Job and you know the calamity that befell this righteous man. But Job said, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked shall I return there. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Job chapter 1 verse 21. Oh, it is lovely. The Lord can give us that kind of language. It is not the language of the head. This is divine language. This is heart acquaintances. I want you to know that we can have heart acquaintances. It is far more for me to speak out of the abundance of my heart than out of the abundance of my head. I learned a long time ago that libraries often create swell heads, but nothing except the library. The Bible can make swelled hearts. You are to have swelled hearts because out of the heart, full of the fragrance of the love of God, the living life of the Lord flows. Interpretation of a message in tongues. It is the Spirit who gives liberty. The prophet is the prophet is nothing. But the Spirit brings us into attainment where we sit at his feet and seek with him and have communications of things divine. For now we are not belonging to the earth. We are transformed by the renewing of our minds and set in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. You must cease to be. That's a difficult thing for both you and me. But it is no trouble at all when you are in the hands of the porter. Isaiah 64, 8. You are only wrong when you are kicking. You are all right when you are still and he is forming you afresh. So let him form you afresh today into a new vessel so that you will stand the stress what you may, that you may be perfect. But let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect. James chapter 1 verse 4. Is it possible? Certainly it is possible. Who was speaking? Who was speaking in this verse? It was the breath of the Spirit. It was also the hidden man of the heart who had a heart like his brother. This was James, the Lord's brother, who was speaking. He spoke very much like his brother. When we read these wonderful words, we might very likely be encouraged in a true kindred spirit with Christ. James had to learn patience. It was not an easy thing for him to understand how his brother could be the son of God and be in the same family as he, Judas and the other brothers, see Matthew 13, 55. It was not an easy thing for him, and he had to learn to be patient to see how it worked out. There are many things in your life that you cannot understand. But be patient, for when the hand of God is upon something, it may grind very slowly. But it will form the finest thing possible. If you dare to wait until it is completed, do not kick until you have gone through the process. And when you are dead enough to yourself, you will never kick at all. It is a death 
we die that we might be alive unto God. It is only by the death we die that we are able to be still before God. Jesus said, the cross, I can endure the cross. The shame, I can despise it. See Hebrews 12, 2. He withstood the bitter language spoken to him at the cross. If you are the Christ, come down and we will believe. See Matthew 27, 14, 42. They struck him, but he did not revile in return. First Peter 2, 23. He is a picture for us. Why did he do it? He was patient. Why? He knew that when he came to the utmost end of the cross, he would forever save all those who would believe. You cannot tell what God has in mind for you as you are still before God, pliable in his hands. He will be working out a greater vessel than you could ever imagine in all your life, complete lacking nothing. Let patience have his perfect work that you may be perfect and complete lacking nothing. James chapter 1 verse 4. To be complete means that you are not moved by anything, that you are living uh, only in the divine position of God. It means that you are not moved, that you are not changed by what people say. There is something about divine acquaintance that is instilled. It is worked within a person by the mighty God. It becomes like intuition. The new life of God is not just on the surface. It builds the character of a person in purity until his inward heart is filled with divine love and has nothing but thoughts of God alone, that you may be perfect and complete lacking nothing. When I was in New Zealand, some people came to me and said, we would like to give you a Christmas present if you can tell us what you would like. I haven't a desire in the world, I said. I cannot tell you anything I would like. I have no desire for anything except God. One day I was walking down the street with a millionaire. I was feeling wonderfully happy over the way the Lord was blessing in our meetings. As we talked together, I said, brother, I haven't a care in the world. I am as happy as a child. Oh, he said, stop. Say it again. Say it again. And he stood still, waiting for me to repeat it. Brother, I haven't a care in the world. I am as happy as a bird. He exclaimed, I will give all my money. I will give everything I have to have that. To be lacking nothing. Hallelujah. Now, the Spirit of the Lord is moving us mightily to see that this is resurrection power. We were planted with him and we have been raised with him. Romans 6, 5. We are from above. See Colossians 3, 1 to 3. We do not belong to what is below. We reign in life. Romans 5, 17. By another, it is the life of God's Son manifested in his human body. Now ask for God for wisdom. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach and it to be given to him. James chapter 1 verse 5. This is a very remarkable scripture. Many people come to me and ask if I will pray for them to share our faith. I want to encourage them, but I cannot depart from God's word. I cannot grant people faith, but by the power of the Spirit, I can stimulate you until you dare to believe and rest on the authority of God's word. The Spirit of the living God quickens you, and I see that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Romans 10, 17. This is a living word of faith. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally. You will never find that 
find that God ever judges you for the wisdom he gives you or for the blessing he gives you. He makes it so that when you come to him again, he gives again, never asking what you did with what he gave you before. That is the way God gives. God gives to all liberally and without reproach. So you have a chance today to come for much more. Do you want wisdom? Acts of God. Interpretation of a message in tongues. It is not the wisdom that you get from the earth. It is divine wisdom. It brings a peaceful position. It rules with diligence and it causes you to live in quietness. You know the difference between the wisdom that is from above and the wisdom that is from below. And so the spirit breathes, breaths through our brother to show you that you have to be so in perfect will of God in asking for these things until one thing must be fulfilled in your heart. If you ask, you must believe for God is only pleased when we when you believe. You have to be in the right condition for asking. That is a condition. But let him ask in faith with no doubt in James chapter 1 verse 6. I am satisfied that God, who is the builder of divine order, never brings confusion into his order. It is only when things are out of order that God brings confusion. God brought confusion upon the men who were building the Tower of Babel because they were out of order. See Genesis chapter 11 verse 1 to 9. What were they doing? They were trying to get into heaven by a way that was not God's way. And they were thieves and robbers. See John chapter 10 verse 1. So he turned their language to confusion. There is a way into the kingdom of heaven, and it is through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. If you want this divine order in your life, if you want wisdom, you have to come to God believing. I want to impress upon you the fact, and I'm learning it more every day, but that if you ask six times for anything, just for the sake of asking, it shows you are an unbelieving person. If you really believe, you will ask God and know that he has abundance for your every need. But if you go right in the face of belief and ask six times, you, he knows very well that you do not mean what you ask. So you do not get it. God does not honor unbelief. He honors faith. If you would really get down in business to business about the baptism of the Holy Spirit and ask God once and definitely to fill you, believe in it, what would you do? You will begin to praise him for it because you would know he had given it. If you ask God once for healing, you will get it. But if you ask a thousand times a day until you do not even know you are asking, you will get nothing. If you would ask God for your healing now and begin praising him because he never breaks his word. You will go out of here. Perfect. Only believe. Mark chapter 5 verse 36. God wants to promote us. He wants us to get away from our own thoughts and our own foolishness and get to a definite place, believing that he exists and is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Hebrews 11 6. Have you gotten to the place where you dare to do this? Have you gotten to the place where you are no longer going to murmur when you are undergoing a trial? Are you going to go around weeping, telling people about it? Or are you going to say, thank you, Lord, for putting me on the top? A great number of ministers and evangelists do not get checks sent to them any longer because they didn't thank the donor for the last one. Many people receive no blessing because they did not thank God for the last blessing. A thankful heart is a receiving heart. 
God wants to keep you in the place of consistent believing. Keep on believing. Jesus is near. Keep on believing. There's nothing to fear. Keep on believing. This is the way. Faith in the night, the same as the day. Endure temptation brings the crown. Blessed is the man who endures temptation. For when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life. James chapter 1 verse 12. People do not know what they are getting when they are in a great place of temptation. Temptation endured brings the crown of life. He will receive the crown of life which the Lord has promised those who love him. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Then when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. Do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. James chapter 1, 12 to 16. There is nothing outside of a purity except what is sin. All unbelief is sin. God wants you to have a pure, active faith so that you will be living in an advanced place of believing God in all, all the time and so that you will be on the mountaintop and singing when other people are crying. I want to speak now about lusts. I am not speaking about the base things, the carnal desires. I am not speaking so much about adultery, fornication and such things, but I'm speaking about what has turned you aside to some other things instead of God. God has been offering you better things all the time and you have missed them. There are three things in life and I notice that many people are satisfied with just one of them. There's blessing in justification, there's blessing in sanctification, and there's blessing in baptism of the Holy Spirit. Salvation is a wonderful thing and we know it. Sanctification is a process that takes us onto a higher level with God. Salvation, sanctification, and fullness of the Spirit are processes. Many people are satisfied with good, that is, with salvation. Other people are satisfied with better, a sanctified life, purified by God. Still other people are sanctified with the best, the fullness of God with revelation from on high. I am not satisfied with any of the three. I am only satisfied with the best, with improvement. So I come to you not with good, but better. Not with better, but best. And not with best, but best with improvement. Going on with God. Why? Because when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. James chapter 1.15 When anything has taken me from God, it means death in some way. When Jesus said to the disciples, The Son of Man will be put into the hands of sinners and crucified, Peter rebuked him. Matthew 16.21-22 But Jesus said, Get behind me, Satan. You are an offense to me, for you are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. Verse 23. Anything that hinders me from denying myself and taking up my cross, verse 24, is of the devil. Anything that hinders me from being separated unto God is of the devil. And anything that hinders me from being purified every day as carnal and it is dead. So I implore you today to make certain that there is no lustful thing in you that will rob you of the glory. Then God will take you to the very summit of the blessings where you can be increased day by day into all his fullness. 
Here's another scripture I want you to receive. I understand clearly by this that God has worked out the whole plan of our inheritance. He is showing us that the whole thing is so beautiful and that we are brought into existence in spiritual order through the word. So then, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath, for the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore lay aside all filthiness and overflowing of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. James chapter 1, 19 to 26. Do not neglect the word of God. Take time to think about the word of God. It is the only place of safety. Now let's take a look at unconditional surrender by Smith Wigglesworth again. And this is uh, Monday where this is Otakada Cyber Church Ministries, where we are seeding the nations with God's word, and God is transforming lives through the timeless truth in his word. It is Pentecost that has made me rejoice in Jesus. God has been confirming his power by his Holy Spirit. I have an intense yearning to see Pentecost, and I am not seeing it. This is Smith Wigglesworth speaking. I feel a little of the glow, but what we need is a deeper work of the Holy Spirit in order for God's message to come full of life and power and sharper than the two-edged sword, Hebrews 4.12. At Pentecost, Peter stood up in the power of the Holy Spirit and 3,000 people were saved. Not long after this, he preached again and 5,000 people were saved. I am positive about the fact that we are on the wrong side of the cross. We talk about love, 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 but it ought to be repent, repent, repent. John the Baptist came and his message was repent, Matthew 3, 2. Jesus came with the same message, repent, Matthew 4, 17. The Holy Spirit came and the message was the same, repent, repent, repent. Believe and believe. What has all this to do with Pentecost? Everything. It is the secret of our future. Failure. It is the secret of our failure. Daniel cried on, carried on in his heart the burden of the people. He mourned for the captivity of Zion. He confessed his sin and the people's sin, and he identified himself with Israel until God made him a flame of fire. See Daniel chapter 9. The result, a remnant returned to Zion to walk in despised way of obedience to God. Nehemiah was brokenhearted when he learned of the dissolution of Jerusalem. He pleaded for months before God, confessing his sin and the sin of his people. See Nehemiah chapter 1. And God opened the way and the walls and gates were built up. It is the spirit of deep repentance that is needed. You had an offering for foreign missionaries who were here yesterday. Fifty pounds was pledged and you all seemed satisfied. May the Lord bless you for your gifts. They mean something. But they do not signify Pentecost. We have a lack of compassion. God says, you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. Jeremiah 29, 13. Then the dry bones will move. See Ezekiel chapter 37, 5, 10. And the Spirit will be poured out upon us without measure. John 3, 34. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. And try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. Malachi 3.10 With the baptism of the Holy Spirit comes a demolishing of the whole man and a compassion for the world. Much that I see in the children of God these days is strange to me. 
Where does the fault lie for the state of things we see today? It is in the lack of a deep spirit of repentance. Weeping is not repentance. Sorrow is not repentance. Repentance is turning away from sin and doing the work of righteousness and holiness. The baptism of the Holy Spirit brings a deep repentance and a demolished and impoverished spirit. What can we do to receive it? Don't ask anymore. Instead, repent. Repent, repent. Go we here and go we baptize. Will you repent? Is it possible after we have been baptized with the Holy Spirit to be sanctified with what we see? What made Jesus weep over Jerusalem? He had a heart of compassion. There are sin-sick souls everywhere. We need a baptism of love that goes to the bottom of the disease. We need to cry to God until he brings us up to the measure of the stature of fullness of Christ. Ephesians 4.13 Jesus told a parable about a certain man who went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves, Luke chapter 10.30, who among those who passed by and saw his predicament was his neighbor, the one who had mercy on him and helped him. Verse 36-37 Are you awake to the great fact that God has given you eternal life? With the power God has put at your disposal, how can you rest as you look out upon your neighbors? How we have sinned against God? How we lack the spirit of compassion? Do we weep as we look out upon the unsaved? If not, we are not Pentecostal. Jesus was moved with compassion. Are you? We have not yet grasped the plight of the hidden. Since my only daughter went to Africa, I have a little less dim idea of what is meant that God so loved the world that he gave Jesus, John 3.16. God gave Jesus, what does that mean? Compassion. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. If That's Acts chapter 1.8. If you have no power, you have not repented. You say that's hard language. If you have no power, you have not repented. You say that's hard uh, language. It is truth. Who is your brother's keeper? See Genesis 4.9. Who is the son and heir? See Galatians 4.7. Are you salted? See Matthew 5.13. Do you have a pure life? Don't be fooled. Don't live in a false position. The world wants to know how to be saved. And power is at our disposal. Will we meet the condition? God says, if you will, I will. God will do it. Daniel knew the time in which he was living. He responded to God and the nation was saved. Nehemiah met God's condition for his time and the city was rebuilt. God has made the conditions he will pour out his spirit. If we do not go on, we will have it to face. It may be up to us to bring the gospel to the nations. We can win the world for Jesus. We can turn the tap on. What is the condition? It is unconditional surrender, not by might, nor by power, but by the Spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Depart from sin. Holiness opens the windows of heaven. The Spirit of God will be poured out without measure until the people say, What must we do to be saved? Acts chapter 16, verse 13. Now let's go to a, a short prayer for self-deliverance. So it says, Lord Jesus Christ, I believe you died on the cross for my sins. And rose again from the dead. You redeemed me by your blood. And I belong to you. I want to live for you. I confess all my sins. Known and unknown. I surrender them for them, uh, for them all. I renounce them all. I forgive all others as I want 
to you to forgive me. Forgive me now and cleanse me with your blood. I thank you for the blood of Jesus Christ, which cleanses me now from all sin. And I come to you now as my deliverer. You know my special needs, the thing that binds, that torments, that defiles, that evil spirit, that unclean spirit. I claim the promise of your word. Whosoever that calleth on the name of the Lord shall be delivered. I call upon you now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Deliver me and set me free. Satan, I renounce you and all your works. I lose myself from you in the name of Jesus and I command you to leave me right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Let it come from your heart and see the salvation of the Lord. <sighs> Breathe out seven times as a signification of the false spirit that is going out of you, the demonic spirit that is leaving your spirit. Are you sick or in need for deliverance and restoration? For those who are sick or unwell in whatever shape or form or needing deliverance or restoration, kindly touch the dot uh, or connect through the voice I'm speaking to you now. Or catch the dot on the paper of connect through the voice speaking to you. Faith is seeing the precise positive outcome of your current situation, knowing that Jesus has done his part more than 2,000 years ago to secure your healing and deliverance, restoration as a down payment. Trusting that that down payment is available to you to draw from like a positive balance in your checking account with the bank. No questions asked as we agree with you and pronounce be healed in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. By authority you have granted unto me and unto them. I exercise that authority now in faith with their anger against the enemy and hunger to get what you have freely given unto them all. I cause every illness, every disease, be it cancer, COVID-19, be it spirit of infirmities, be it demonic possession or oppression, be it the spirit of poverty, setback, delayed fulfillment of what God has already determined and released. We come against the anomaly, we bind them, we cause them to their root, and we cast them out by the authority in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. We call for the release of healing, deliverance, and restoration into their lives in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you, Lord, for testimonies that are abounding to your glory and honor and adoration. Thank you for souls that have been added to your kingdom as a result of this message. The miracles that we are already seeing right now and manifesting for your glory in Jesus' name. Amen. It is done. Rejoice. Touch the spot. Highlight it as point of contact. I touch through the voice. I can confess with your heart. I am healed. I am delivered. I am restored in my spirit, in my soul, in my body and all around me in jesus name amen begin to do what you could not do before and begin to confess until full healing and deliverance restoration becomes a fruit in your life in jesus name amen stay hungry for all of god stay angry and take back all that the enemy has held back from you in jesus name testify to the healing for god's glory and to the shame of the enemy send us an email or whatsapp us if you still need to us to agree with you and you should go to the content on takada.org and build up your faith. Share this content so that it can be a blessing to others. And shalom. This is Ambassador Monday Ogwajo Ogbe or Takada Cyber Church Ministries, uh, where we are seeding the nation and God is transforming life. Uh, U.S. numbers two, U.S. numbers are one three zero two seven seven two seven zero two two three zero two two six eight six three one three. 
442035194554 Australia plus 6138609 Nigeria plus 2348032835348 that's a WhatsApp number a US cell which is also a WhatsApp number is 12406231530 so may the Lord bless you and keep you may the Lord cause his continent to shine brightly upon you give you healing deliverance restoration give you glory that you've never imagined before because you're certain even up to this moment. In Jesus' mighty name, we're prayed with thanksgiving. Amen and amen.